talked of how the house they sat in was built on the profits of chaos and civil war. They talked of how great companies were broken and how they could use that money to reinvest in the lands it had been stripped from and empower people they had once enslaved. Under her, the Bain family's 200-year legacy of profiteering, murder, and monopoly would die. The days of empire building are over. At the end of the conversation, Her father had sat quietly by the great window and contemplated the likely reaction of his son, Carson. Millingham acknowledged that his greatest mistake had been to allow Carson to oversee the construction and the security of the trans-Afghan gas and oil pipeline. For ten years, Carson's oil division had drawn the corporation and its private security forces into terrible internecine conflict with powerful Afghan warlords as they pushed through construction of the pipeline. Refugees filtering into Kabul brought reports of desperate fighting in villages with poisoned wells, empty of people. Carson was relocating civilians living in the path of the construction, and entire villages had disappeared. The pipeline had quickly become a focal point for terrorist attacks. Much of the responsibility for organizing resistance was claimed by a warlord known only as Tehran. For five years, Tehran had targeted and killed corporate employees and their families. Workers died with such regularity that now only acts of outrageous ferocity were reported on the news. All the while, Carson pressed on, his greed in lockstep with Tehran's anger. The Bain family name was once again a byword for pain and suffering. We can move forward together. The night before they returned to Afghanistan to resume the peace talks, Emma had been banished to Manhattan while Carson was summoned to the house. There her father had stripped Carson of the oil division, a de facto suspension from the company. He had been informed that ultimate control of the corporation would go to Emma, and he would be sent back to the naval services section. Her father hadn't provided any further information on how Carson took the news, or even if he'd said anything at all. Soon we will begin to build again, in peace, together for the benefit of all. Millingham had immediately ceased all work on the pipeline. The corporation would not put profit before lives. Tentative approaches were made to Tehran, who was offered a stake in the democratic future of the country and a share of the pipeline's profits, enough to buy his people power and a degree of autonomy. With Carson gone, with Tehran talking, there was a momentum for peace. This quiet approach had allowed them to begin construction of the pipeline again, this time for the good of the country. For the good of all the people, not just the shareholders. Emma blinked and forced herself back into the present. Last night, she had lain in the hotel bed with Vaughn and talked till she was drowsy about using her family's vast, unthinkable fortune for good. She would have to go back to Manhattan, set up a new department to decide how the money would be spent. He told her that she could do it. She was smart, he said, smarter than he was. He was just a kid from nowhere, and if she needed anyone to come help her with her bags, he could do that. When she asked what he wanted to do, he told her he was going to return to America in a week's time, use his danger money to arrange a mortgage on a ranch, one with a good creek for fishing and swimming. He didn't know how he'd make it pay. Maybe he could teach stockbrokers how to ride and hunt and shoot. She laughed, and he told her that it was a dream anyway, that it didn't need to make sense. She'd taken a sip of his beer. It was as if there had always been this space next to her in his shape, waiting for Vaughn to fill it. Quietly, privately, secretly, she knew he was the one. As soon as the corporation was out of Afghanistan, she would find him the most beautiful ranch in the world. They would fill it with horses and one day children. What are you smiling about? You think it's funny? She couldn't tell him.
She would later, but for now it was just right. She didn't want to scare him. The future, the world, everything was so... Please welcome my daughter, Emma Bain. Her stomach flipped as she rose to her feet to join her father. Vaughn beamed a broad smile, and her father, following her gaze to Vaughn, smiled also. Suddenly she was bumped forward. There was a commotion behind her. Was someone sick? A corporation bodyguard pulled his arm tight around her waist. Move, move! Move where? He was pushing her back, away from the door, but there was nowhere to go. The crowd was too heavy. People were already screaming, running, crouching low. Why was everyone screaming? What had happened? No one seemed to be hurt. What was it? She stopped. In slow motion, she saw the guard pulling on her arm, his face contorted, his gun drawn. Down! She felt herself being punched sideways with an impossible force. The air left her lungs. Her first thought was that she didn't see the bomb. Her mind was calm and coldly logical, though she didn't seem able to make any kind of sound.